And after seeing sort of a Hexad perspective, I completely understand why it would be difficult to like watch an attachment type do their thing, do their yes, no at the same time thing. Um, and, and, and look at them and say like, what the fuck are you doing? I can't like, I can't mm -hmm. lean on that. The in-betweenness um, on some occasions, at least being truth. Yeah. Being true. Yeah. You know, like it is a no and it is a yes at the same time, maybe for different reasons. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres over the five wing, four or five eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres sexual nine with one nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pres with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pres social three wing four with a six nine trifix if you like our podcast guys make sure you go like and subscribe on the apple podcast app and if you really like us you should definitely leave us a review what up everybody welcome back to the show today we've got a special episode but first i've got an announcement so due to some of the bad reviews and responses that we've been getting as of late myself john and nancy have decided to retreat to our safe spaces to contemplate and nurse our wounds. And in our place, we have for you today, David and Alexandra. They might be nines, but they are the strongest amongst us. <laughs> so we love stirring people up. This is the most notorious Enneagram podcast in existence. Okay, everybody, I'm here with Alexandra today. We're continuing the discussion of attachment types and uh, seeing what else we can unpack and discover. <laughs> and yep, uh, it's, a, it's a nine, nine call. So yeah, we'll see what happens with it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of meandering and uh, a lot of pauses and ums that had to be taken out. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you, Emika. <laughs> All right. Well, how are you? <clears throat> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I saw yeah. we were being lightly roasted for taking so long to do this. Oh, we're going to continue to get roasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had listened to the raw, um, like the unedited version that Emika sent. Yeah. Um, and I got about 25 minutes into like halfway through it and then didn't finish the rest of it. But I did finish the episode that just came out, um, yeah. which was good. That was really good. I was glad to hear you guys talk more in depth about it yeah that one went pretty deep and uh covered a fair amount um do you recall at this time your, <laughs> uh, your reflections or anything off of that um i mean the main point that i recall is that nancy said something right towards the end she said that something all attachment types have to do in order to individuate is come to terms with the things that have happened in their life by their own hand that they didn't want to happen. Yeah. You know, I'm paraphrasing and I did like write it down somewhere actually, because it was, was so impactful. Um, but even responding to that emotionally and even like on a physical level was delayed. Like I did have a physical reaction to hearing it. Um, but yeah. it didn't like the mental piece took a bit of time to understand. Let me see. Yeah, I feel like a big part of individuating as an attachment type is coming to terms with how many things have happened in your life that you had a hand in that you didn't want. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that was a rough one. Is there a way to summarize some of what that means for you and the impact and uh, or what uh, things have happened that that recalls for you? Um, yeah, I mean... I guess without going into too much detail, the the easiest thing that I can think of is just going with the status quo when I didn't agree with the status quo. Mm -hmm. It is that thing of of giving away. Hmm, how do I say this? 
yeah, I guess giving away autonomy, also giving away like direction and minimizing whatever was coming internally for me because it was easy to say that that was probably not right, not right mm -hmm. in like a moralistic sense, but like the correct way to do things, like how things are done. Right. The general flow was going somewhere. I did feel a sense of like dissonance, you know, with the flow generally. And I think as a nine, it's even harder to move against it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I did. I went with it anyways, because right. it was easy for me to say like, okay, well, this is what's happening. This must be the way that things are just done. Mm -hmm. And now I find myself, Nancy used the word trauma. She used, she said something like that she has to stay aware of it so that she doesn't re-traumatize herself. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of charge with the word trauma, but I think it is accurate mm -hmm. in this case, because there's like nothing more embarrassing than finding out that the bad thing that happened was your own fault. Right. And was it particularly bad? I mean, is that why you're calling it trauma or is it somewhat the accumulation of having sort of gone with other people's wills and agendas that makes it sort of cumulatively traumatic? I think more cumulatively. Yeah. Um, I think what it mostly is for me is that I don't know if it comes from like having a one wing or a six fix or, you know, wherever. Mm -hmm. um, but it would be way easier for me to accept like the bad things if it was somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't look at any of this and say, oh, this was someone else's fault. I was the one doing it and making the choices and mm -hmm. kind of like over and over again, kind of like, how do I say it? Like convincing myself that my no's were yeses because society was saying yes. Mm -hmm. You know, right. so it was like, a ta and, and I think for me, especially as a social type, like I have a very easy time seeing what everybody is doing, which is like something Nancy said before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's mostly that there oh. is like the, uh, I wish that I could blame someone else or say that like someone was like, you know, being bad or like persuading mm. me or something like that. But I was letting myself be persuaded. Yeah. Um, another embarrassing piece to this whole thing is in hindsight, knowing that my gut reaction was right the whole time. Mm -hmm. Knowing right. that, like, before I made these decisions, I mm. did know what my original yes or no was. Mm -hmm. And then it got washed over by something different. And I just let myself flow along with that washing. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, like, I think a very difficult part about being an attachment type, too, is, like, people see this, this, like, it was a no, but it ended up being a yes, or it was a yes, but it ended up being a no as this wishy-washy ambivalence thing, mm -hmm. you know, and like, I understand why other types would have a hard time trusting attachment types because of that pattern. Yeah. So that brings up also um, a question or commentary and actually a long discussion I had with my current romantic partner, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> You know, what she was saying was <clears throat> that, I don't know, something along the lines of what if the maybe, the not being clear about yes or no, is the real response. Mm. Like it's degrees of yes and degrees of no. And isn't that real? Mm. Uh, so I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Because, I mean, I'd. Uh, I would imagine even in the case of rejection types or frustration types, it's actually because it, they are specific. Mm -hmm. um, yes, you can do, they can do a clear no, but at the same time, if they looked at something, um, there would be degrees of no and degrees of yes along yeah. a spectrum of sort of categories of how you want to break down any given situation, scenario, or idea, or anything, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if that, what you think about that as far as, you know, the, that, the in-betweenness, um, on some occasions, at least, being truth. Yeah. Being true, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, I definitely think that with, I think with everybody across the board, there are degrees of yes and, you know, like a percentage or spectrum, I think is what you said. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that echoes something that Nancy said, which is that oftentimes both are true, you know, like it is a no and it is a yes at the same time, maybe for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my perspective, sometimes that is where the attachment comes in where mm-hmm. there is even like a no towards the object of attachment and a yes at the same time. <laughs> and then the conflict is, am I going to detach from this thing that has a portion of yes based on the no, you know, or so, vice versa? Am I going to like choose yes, even if I have the no as well? Yeah. I mean, so the argument, you know, arguing for say rejection type vantage point of clearly saying no and rejecting, you know, just dismissing uh, something. The argument is that if attachment types, or one argument is that if attachment types were more able to sit with, let's say, what's deeper underneath, because like the surface is always going to be you know, the going along with or the wanting the connection kind of thing of, of attachment, right? Mm-hmm. And, but what's really the real deeper truth, if we could access it, would be um, more often a no, a no right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's complicated in the sense that surface is yes, and maybe in some ways you could call it a genuine yes mm-hmm. and deeper is no and the deeper the deeper the argument would go is really the truth mm, yeah <laughs> god yeah okay yes that resonates yeah yeah because like it could be like it could be that the attached part of whatever the object is like the attached part has the yes but like the individuated part is saying no. <laughs> yeah. You know, or vice versa. The individuated part is saying yes, but the attachment type is saying no because it's disruptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so what about the case where it is um, a more genuine, deeper yes, a, a deeper yes and no? <laughs> and maybe what she was saying, my romantic partner, was that, her sense of it is that sometimes there is a deeper yes and no. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I would need to know what... There'd need to be specific examples of situations. Yeah, because, like, I think I understand it, but I'm not... I don't know enough to, like, put that onto everything yet. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do understand it. And I think like, I think it is an attachment type thing or maybe a nine thing. I don't know. But like, I think it is an attachment type thing to see yes qualities and attach to those yes qualities. And then when the no part happens to kind of freak out, be like, oh no, this is not, you know what I mean? Like in, let's say like in like dating or in like romantic relationships, you see like, you know, like a nice person, they're not attracted Mm -hmm. to them, but they're nice. And of course I'm speaking from my own stacking, like a nice, just like a stand-up gentleman or whatever, Mm -hmm. not into him, doesn't do anything for me. I have, it's already happened. Like I have been attached to the niceness, to the like well-presentedness, even when there was a deep, like, no, I know this is not going to last. Um. You know, or in the case, uh, like an opposite stacking, like, oh, I could be, I'm not the stacking, but I could be like really into this person. Like I'm super attracted to this person, but there's no way that this will last because I don't like how they laugh. I don't like what they <laughs> say. I yeah. don't like, I don't respect them as a person. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be an example that sort of proves sort of Emika's argument, uh-huh. you know, as opposed to where my friend was going (laughs) um where your buddy uh, was going (laughs) yeah yeah uh my bosom buddy um (laughs) well i mean i guess back to the trust thing because like even in like the main chat they were talking about that and of course all the hexad types were like you know they weren't saying this but me being a little bitch like i was taking it as like yeah fuck attachment types they can't be trusted so i'm like trying to reconcile that in my head of like how do i 
how do I understand attachment and recognize it in myself and wrangle it in to a point where I can be a trustworthy person? Like, I think I am. My intentions, I think, are always like in a good place. Um, but however, after all of these discussions and after seeing sort of a hexad perspective, I completely understand why it would be difficult to like watch an attachment type do their thing, do their yes, no at the same time thing. Um, and, and, and look at them and say like, what the fuck are you doing? I can't like, I can't mm-hmm. lean on that. Um, so I guess that's where I'm going. Like, because I don't think I'm an untrustworthy person and I don't think the sixes and the threes that I know are untrustworthy people. Right. I think it just like takes a little longer to bake. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to say it is that there's going to be at a more surface level and even, you know, mid depth level, let's say there's going to be that sort of going along with or agreement or whatever. And it's going to take a while to come into the deeper waters where there is more clarity, Mm -hmm. um, which is often going to be a disagreement and a specific kind of disagreement with whatever the circumstance or situation is. Yeah. Can you say more? about that like what do you mean the, what disagreement well the no just oh. uh just like the stand-up gentleman and you finding your actual no oh yes in relation to that it's gonna um you know it's almost like there needs to be <clears throat> a whole you know um what would you call it like a practice or a um like a trial run like a test drive or something well, or just a um, a thing that you run through that oh. could be that could become fairly quick in any given context, uh, where you you know that you're going to do this, going with the flow and agreement, or some version of that, or some version of wanting familial connection, or that kind of sort of familiar feeling of attachment Mm. um and knowing that that's there you've got this practice that you do that where you kind of still yourself or something or still those voices and come into the deeper place of where you really are Mm -hmm. you know inside about it yeah yeah that's probably good nancy said time alone helps her and i second that for sure Um, That's it. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, go ahead. I'm I'm almost imagining a, 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 a practice that you could have somewhat on the fly where you know you're going to be doing this um, and it could get somewhat faster and faster that as opposed to needing to completely separate or you know you've had a date with somebody and over the next 24 hours you come to realize where you're really at with the person um i could imagine there being a way to uh uh find it sooner Mm. yeah yeah i'm just trying to think of real examples yeah i think uh, yeah alone time is a really good Mm -hmm. practice and also like Maybe this is more for like Nancy and I having three, mm-hmm. um, but the non-performing part, mm. like I can recognize time because most of my like shit and lessons in life happen in relationships or like the journey to find it. Okay. Um, I can say that most of my sort of like, oh, I see my no clearly has been in times where I have just been like fed up and I, maybe that's a little nine-ish too, but in times where I'm just like tired, you know, nothing's working, nothing's what, I, you know, maybe I'm just tired uh-huh. and I just stop the performing and then I can see what the dynamic is without my active like effort. Uh-huh. And then I'm, and then it's very clear, like, oh, I'm not into this. Uh-huh. You know, or like without my like ego being stroked somehow, it's like, oh, this I don't need gratification. Like gratification is not the same thing as real is a real yes. No. It's just like your personality being reinforced. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's interesting to what you're saying there. Um, like zeroing in on the three fix piece, because it's not just performing, it's also getting something back for your performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You said um, feeling tired, mm. you know, um, you know, I don't know if this is if we're talking about the same thing exactly, but that's what I would call an autonomic response in nines bodies mm. um, is that feeling tired thing. And, it, and it's more acute when there is a conflict, either an obvious external conflict or an internal one. And that reflex to like, oh, I need to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, I mean, for people who aren't nines, um, you know, it, it's, I have to go to sleep. It's yes. like, it's not, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's like your body's screaming at you to, to just go to take a nap. Mm -hmm. And it, and I still haven't figured out the way to, cause I know that I know that that response is telling me something, but I haven't figured out. Um, and I've, you know, as a nine watching myself be a nine for 30 years, you know, <laughs> I, I can do no, and I know how to in, you know, in multiple contexts, but at the same time, uh, there are certain situations where it feels like it's too much of a project to <laughs> just say no, yeah. you know, or just be clear um, about something. Yeah. So why yeah. I resonate, but I can't figure out why yet. So why, why does it feel like a project to just say no? Is it like the aftermath of what will happen? I don't know. I mean, that, that, that may <clears throat> be partly the working through the sort of the, the jungle of the attachment of, mm. of, of the wanting there to be sort of familial agreeability or something like that. It hmm. feels like, um, um, like cutting through a bunch of, you know, shrubbery or something. Mm, yeah. Uh, I do understand get, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that could be like a one wing, like influence too, of like, fuck, now I have to tidy all this shit up mm -hmm. and it would just be easy. You know, it's just easier to be like, never mind. I don't, it's not a no anymore. We'll just stay on. Yes. So that yeah. that'll, so I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Which is like, you know, classic nine erasure stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess that's like sloth at its most perfect exemplification. Or or you just kind of let the thing drop and just kind of roll down the drain or something. And by in other words, you don't address whatever the thing is. And it does because you're taking um some of the energy away. It sounds magical or whatever, but <laughs> I think I think nines are doing stuff with energy. Oh, totally. Um, and so when you just kind of pull the plug on something and just let the electricity, the lights go out on mm. something, things often, not always, but often they actually do just fall away and yeah. you don't and you don't have to deal with it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my god that seems so you know what that is it's ghosting which is ghosting the no oh, it's way. ghosting <laughs> it's ghosting it's ghosting on multiple yeah in multiple contexts yeah yeah it's ghosting the yes we didn't mean to give <laughs> yeah totally totally yeah it's interesting yeah. ghost because ghost is you know a life that's had the plug pulled Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's and it's what's left of it is just energy. It's not a beating heart anymore. Yeah. But it is still this like presence that's there. Yeah. You just yeah. casper it on out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're a warehouse of a bunch of past ghosts. Well, we knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your complaints <laughs> about about rejection types or frustration types or those um styles or something like that hmm, 
rejection types or frustration types? You could pick I'll, one or do both. Yeah, I mean, what are my complaints? <laughs> I feel. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I'm trying to paint you into a corner. But, yeah. What's that? I said I feel like I have nothing but complaints, but now I can't right. find any of them. I'm just like, well, no, that's wrong. Good job, nine. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they both seem, they both seem insane to me. Um, let's find out why. Let's see what just <laughs> pops up. Um, let's see. Frustration feels like a yes, but I'm mad at it which is very confusing like why the fuck would you say yes to something that's just gonna make you mad all the time um right. so i don't know that that like i i guess i just don't know how to understand that and what are the frustration type four seven one one um yeah i don't know i don't think i i don't know that i have anything to say i know that there is like <laughs> There's something there, but I can't quite locate it. And rejection, as far as the yes or no thing, rejection almost feels like like you're not giving anything a real chance, or yourself a chance. I don't know. There's like some there's something there where like I, I don't know. The rejection stance feels like like a lack of faith. Um, there's something about that feels like a lack of permeability. Like you expect things to just be a no. Like you're rejecting yourself right away. Or right. you're rejecting the situation right away. Like there seems like a point. I don't know. There's some kind of pointlessness there. I understand how rejection type gets the yes or no quickly because they come at it with a no energy. And then when it's a yes, it's like, oh, well, okay, cool. So I understand that. Mm -hmm. But the approach seems crazy to me. To me, it's especially, um, you know, in a more obvious way with five and eight, it's pre-rejecting the whole world in a certain way. Mm -hmm. so you're starting from a no <laughs> and and there's a wall there and yeah it's not permeable and my thing because like okay so attachment types do have an inner voice they do have like an inner nurturing system and guidance system and you know whatever um but they are mm -hmm. susceptible to the outside ones and often they look externally and then use those as sort of like handholds to walk themselves through life um, we know that, and obviously, like we know the downsides to being that way is that we can outsource our internal to the external to a point where we end up betraying ourselves um because the bottom line is like that outside doesn't know your internal state, so it's not going to honor it the way that it should. You have mm -hmm. to be in charge of that. um I will say, however, one of the things that I do like about being an attachment type is that i like I can see other angles easily maybe this is mm -hmm. just being nine but i can see other angles easily and something that the hexad types can be very frustrating something that is very frustrating about the hexad types is that they seem to not be as flexible i guess <laughs> mm -hmm. so there have been times um there have been times where i've been arguing with a hexad type and they're just so certain so certain about what they are believing and seeing and and whatever whatever but it is coming from such an internal place and me as the external factor in this situation know that that internal position is wrong mm -hmm. you know what i mean is that making sense like you know that the hexad person is wrong or yeah, like in this, in this, uh, all right, I'll just say it. Like it was, it was John and I arguing yeah. and John was arguing about something about me with a ton of certainty and a ton of, you know, it's coming from him. So it must be true, which is like the magic power of the hexad types and knowing that his tri-type has no attachment is very, um, he's very sure of himself, mm -hmm. but the thing he was sure about was something that is mine. And so mm. it being mine, I knew because it's mine that it was wrong. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So my music partner who I've mentioned before on the podcast is sexual self pres four with a five. He's mm -hmm. got six, six and nine fixes though. But, mm. um, but that used to happen often uh, in younger days. He and I've been music partners since I was a teenager and he would be very certain about something that was 
my own truth of where I was coming from, whether it was uh, what I meant by something that I said or uh, what emotional state I was in or whatever. I mean, he's, he's fairly probably clinically narcissistic. Mm. And so not so much in his old age now, but uh, back then it was pretty intense. And it was kind of like everything that was happening in his environment was about him. Mm-hmm. And, and it was some, because he's four, six, nine, whiny tears. It was somebody <laughs> trying to hurt him emo- oh, emo- emotionally. Sure. Right. And like everybody's trying to hurt him a kind of, um, or is against him um, and so forth. Cause he's got that he's secondary six. So it's like, the world's trying to beat him up kind Mm. of thing is part of it. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, there was one time we recorded, a uh, our first CD together. We, uh, at a studio, this is in the mid nineties. And there was one time, for example, where, um, it was, we'd finished the thing and it was time to figure out the order of the songs and we're in the studio and it was just me and him and the guy who was the record producer. Mm -hmm. And, my music partner um, was coming down with a cold that day. And so I just kind of stepped up and said, how about this and this and this and this, and let's, let's try this out. Right. And it was completely in the spirit of excitement about us finishing this thing Mm -hmm. and just wanting to get it done and just actual exuberance. And he interpreted that subsequently I'm not sure if he was feeling it at that time in the studio, uh, but within a day or two that I stepped in and was trying to wield a bunch of power and that I was making <laughs> him look bad um, in front of the record producer or something like that. And that just, it just wasn't even in the slightest where I was coming from, but right. he was, as you're talking about, he was 100% sure. And, and I never, uh, you know, could convince him otherwise. I would just tell him a couple of times and I wouldn't pursue it, you know, yeah, uh, sure. as far as trying to, trying to do that whole argument. Cause it's just, um, it's, it's uh, a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, um, I mean, that was that overall those earlier years with him were a lot of, that was a struggle with attachment stuff hmm. because there was a lot of, um, him being um, a sort of sharper energy mm-hmm. uh, and personality and me being less clear and less certain in the moment in multiple contexts. And that was also, you know, the time when I was learning about the fact that I was a nine also mm. came, uh, came when I was 22. And that actually came from the we had a girl drummer uh, who introduced us to the Enneagram. Yeah, and that's uh, cool. Yeah. She's an interesting person, too. Believe it or not, another four with a five and, a, and your stacking social self press. And um, damn, that sounds like a. That sounds like a tough time. It was a, a social self press four with a five sounds like the snobbiest person in the world. Oh, super <laughs> snob. Beyond, yeah, beyond anything. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, she introduced you to the Enneagram, so. Yeah, yeah. Good for you, drummer. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting story. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's more to it. But, um, yeah, so there's been a whole, you know, progression for me around attachment and being clear in my no's and yeses and so on uh, and clear in general based on that relationship with my music partner because of him being so um just instantly Mm -hmm. um certain and opinionated and Mm -hmm. and so forth and hateful and spiteful and disdainful and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and um so did you ever internalize any of the like stories he was telling you as an attachment type 
Like, did you, you know, his whole thing of like, you're just trying to take over and wield power, whatever, whatever. Did you ever find yourself asking yourself like, oh shit, is that really what I'm doing? Or was it an immediate like pushback internally? Pretty much always a pushback internally. Yeah. I wonder if that comes from a difference in stacking or something like that, or maybe like your other fixes or something, but I've definitely had that where someone will kind of like tell me what I'm doing and instinctually yeah. i know that that's not true but then i do the self-doubt thing where i'm like oh my god was i really trying to take over the whole band you know and then i like don't know well and that and that's interjection which is the yeah. thing that riso assigned to four and that's because riso had six and nine fixes mm. oh interesting yeah and so that's why four looks like that i mean that's and that's another part of the confusion I mean, four looks like that in the written word or whatever. Um, and that's yet another thing that is part of the whole not a four problem is that Riso had six and nine fixes. So he was bringing in and a three and a three wing. Um, and he wasn't social last. He was self-pressed social. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he was kind of doing a somewhat lighter you might say or less um what would you say entrenched kind of four in the first place yeah in his in his description Hmm. (laughs) not sure where to go from there i know either (laughs) (laughs) well how do you see uh because this whole thing was you know brought about by relationships and stuff like that how do you see your own attachment pattern ever having like landed you in a position you didn't want to land in? I'm going to say romantically because I'm a social type or whatever, but, um, you know, romantically or maybe sabotaged you or anything like that. Um, this will be really cocky, but when I was, (laughs) (laughs) when I was in the cocky nines, (laughs) um, when I was younger, I had a lot of women coming to me. And, you know, putting the moves on me and, you know, and so forth and making it or just in various ways, making it clear that they were into me. Mm -hmm. And there were plenty of times when I wasn't super attracted or, you know, as attracted as I'd prefer to be, Mm -hmm. let's say. Sure. Um, And just went with it and was a fuckboy slut, you know. so, so what, what were you going after? Like, or like, what was, what were you getting from that? Besides, actually, maybe I don't want to ask. Yeah. Well, oh, well, yeah, <laughs> there's that. But um, part of it, I guess what I'm saying there um, is, well, it's probably my weird wiring with my specific combination of social lastness and trifix is, um, and my weird history uh <laughs> you know that kind of interest in me partly a, a portion of it some portion of it is feeling like somebody is inviting me or wanting me into a i know it sounds crazy but familial a quasi familial uh context yeah no, i uh, understand that yeah that's really unconscious, but I mean, I can look back and, and sort of feel the feeling and that's an element there of, um, it's not just I'm desired and, you know, the way my sexual instinct wants to be, you know, seen as hot or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's that other piece of appreciating that somebody's wanting me to belong even though it's uh maybe has none of that actually coming from them right. uh, but that was part of my yeah how i was framing it partly underneath again not consciously but right, just as, a, as, a, as an energy mm-hmm. so yeah. could it be could you say that you were saying yes to like the attachment benefit that it offered but no as like a person as like an individuated person that would have been a no, but on an attachment level, it was like, oh, cool. Someone's into this. Like I can use this to, as some sort of direction point. Um, <laughs> what do you mean when you say direction point? Um, I guess just like a model to kind of like work off of like, oh, this person is into me. So I can just like keep being this 
this energy and keep getting that into me ness you know yeah. i can stay I mean, in the there's... family if she's if she if i continue to like deliver this juice that she's after yeah yeah i mean there was some of that of definitely probably different from your program but sure. um me doing my particular um razzle dazzle to keep that sort of affection so to mm -hmm. speak mm -hmm. uh going and being taken by that somewhat myself yeah so i probably also then as i realized my no as we were talking about earlier um then i probably ghosted a lot of people mm, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i actually yeah that's it's very similar for me too mm -hmm. so then that leads me to like did you know that it was a no right away did you know was it like a like a yes attachment no individuated but let's go with the yes anyway or did you not know that there was a no um well when i flash back to some of those occurrences and i sense into you know what my immediate response was to being you know pursued or whatever or when it was obvious i was being pursued the no was fairly clear but again it's nonverbal mm -hmm. i okay so a different question do you feel any kind of embarrassment for the no's that you said yes to um not particularly <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean well that's yeah. nice david because yeah. <laughs> I, I was maybe i don't know what are the differences but one of the reasons that nancy's you know mm -hmm. quote that i have already quoted was coming to terms with like all the ways you know yeah. that you had a hand in things you didn't want to do and um that landed to me a lot that landed heavy for me because like no, I, I, I do get have that. yeah like i do have a lot of embarrassment for the nose that that i said yes to because it was like why did i do that yeah you know and at the time like at the time my nose i didn't it's like hindsight tells me that like i did know i could have i could have known but it was that outsourcing of something outsourcing of how things should be done uh, that uh, that pushed me into saying yes, mm -hmm. and then now, however long later, now I look at those experiences, you know, and it's not just like in relationships or it's like been with friends, it's been with jobs and stuff like that. Now mm -hmm. I see those no's that I said yes to, and I just see a ton of like wasted time, and I see mm -hmm. I, this is where I understand why hexed types see the ambivalence, see the see the. Uh, the seeming, yeah, I mean, it's not seeming, it is ambivalence. Or is it seeming? I'm being ambivalent right now. Um, ambivalence of the triangle types and and have trouble trusting them, you know? Well, it comes back down to, or it comes back to like, yeah, feeling embarrassed for the no's that I said yes to. Yeah. When I did feel the no at the time, but I decided to do the yes. Mm -hmm. Because as I guess this is what your partner was saying, that there is yes and no. So I chose to just take a chance on the yes, even though the no. So maybe it, hmm, okay. Maybe it depends on where the yes and the no are coming from. So in hindsight, I could feel those no's coming from me, coming from like my body. Like, ugh, I see it as mm -hmm. like an ick that I sort of had, you know, towards something. Like mm -hmm. I have been friends with people for too fucking long. Mm -hmm. that every time I would talk to them or they'd open up to me about problems and I would have this like disgust kind of brewing in me, which is mm. a clear no. Yeah. But instead I chose to continue the friendship because I would tell myself like, oh, well, this is a person that's just trying, just give them grace, just give them mm -hmm. patience. They are, they have these good qualities. You know, she's listens to you when she, when you're talking, you know, she likes going out with you, stuff like that. So there are these like yeses that come from the outer sphere. And then the no that comes internally, mm -hmm. you know, or vice versa. There can be no's that come out from the outer sphere. Like mm. I see it in terms a lot in my stacking, that this is the reason I have knowed and yes, things that I was not attracted to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I have knowed things that I have been attracted to 
because it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't look right. Or I would have mm-hmm. to just, you know, say no to something else that I'm attached to already. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's a, maybe that's like a way to discern it as attachment types is find out where the yes and the no's are coming from. Because if the yeses are coming mm-hmm. from the outer sphere, then that's something that can be disregarded. <clears throat> it's got to come from you. Yeah. So it, it's, it's complicated by our, the specifics of our differences. Mm, that's true. It, yeah. Um, I don't have much sense of there being a bunch of external stuff that I should conform oh, damn. to. That's true. Freaking social blinds, man. You guys don't. And and probably probably also because of having a couple of non-attachment fixes. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, I mean, the instinct thing is probably maybe slightly bigger if we had to, I don't know. So that means that attachment to me is about me for me in the sense that it's my own urge to whatever degree it is again to have i'm calling it again familial commonality or something or uh connection um but to me family is all the things from all of that formative stuff right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. family is quasi you know it's mixed in with um sexuality and attraction and sensuality and affection but it's you know as commodities for me you know what i mean Mm. um if that makes sense like it's so i i don't have much sense of concern for how like say a given romance might look from the outside except Mm, that's true i forget the socialist perspective yeah go ahead except to the degree this is sexual instinct of what it makes me look like as a, a, oh, a capable a object. Yeah. Yeah. And as a capable sex object who can attract other sexy, hot people. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's in, yeah, it's yeah. in, it's, it's in that sexual instinct competition space. Um, so I can have some, yeah, concern about how it looks from the outside based on that. But I mean, it's something to explore more because in a certain way, my case might get at a bit more of what attachment is because I don't have the social instinct and I've got these (laughs) non-attachment fixes. Um, I mean, not that you're not doing attachment. I mean, your attachment is lighting up the whole circuit board, I Mm -hmm. suppose, in in both of our cases. But yeah, it's just, it's interesting, the contrast, uh, because I've got no pressure whatsoever to me to, and never has been to conform to any kind of what a relationship should look like kind of thing, for mm, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Um, an issue that I can take with the hexad types is that they can believe they're right, even in spaces where they're wrong. And so that is where like having an external channel is beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause in that, in that mm-hmm. example that I was saying earlier of, um, of John believing that he knew the truth of something that is mine to speak on, I was feeling frustrated of like, need to have an outside perspective. Like you need to like be able to externalize some of this, like, yeah, perspective, like see things from another angle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is where like, and I don't know how, I guess I don't know how to attachment type Maybe that's like social, maybe that's nine. I guess nine is still attachment, but there is that angle um, where sometimes the hexad types can frustrate me because like, it's like, man, you guys are not looking out to like compare to what you are thinking from within too. And I guess that's a lot of what being for me, being an attachment type feels like is comparing my sort of like internal dialogue and and you know location to the outside mm-hmm. and weighing those together in like an ideal world my internal world and the external world will always be balanced mm-hmm. i see that that is like a tall order <laughs> mm-hmm. but if i'm speaking idealistically that is like i mean that's why i look 
outwardly also is like sometimes I do have like an internal place and then I need to check it with the outside because if it lines up it's like a green light for me to move forward and if it doesn't line up it's like fuck now I have to like either push or go back to the drawing board and oftentimes it's just way easier to go back to the drawing board in the context of a say a conflict with a hexad type is that what you're referring to uh no just any kind of decision Mm-hmm. any kind of choice like um like if i was to move let's say that i like wanted to move to spain and i know that i want to move to spain sounds great there's wine everyone takes naps every day what's not to love it's like beautiful architecture mm-hmm. sounds great okay so i know that i want to do that now i have to find out if it's like <laughs> and it sounds so sad but now i have to like cross check it with the external world I have to see from an outside lens if it's doable and if it's like, you know, yeah, I guess if it's doable and if there's something on the outside that says, yeah, that's a great idea. Fucking go for it. I'm going to just go for it. You know, maybe I'll find other things to be attached, other like roots to stay attached to that will thwart my ability to take action, but it becomes a green light. And however, if there is some sort of external thing saying, no, that's a bad idea, you're going to go broke and end up like homeless on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm like, oh, shit, maybe this is a bad idea. So Mm -hmm. now my options are to either find something else to do, find a different place to move, you know, or stay here or prove this person wrong. You know, so I don't know what that's for, (laughs) what that's all, what that like little monologue was for. But there it is. You know, this is probably non sequitur here, okay. um, but you said the word channeling. And so mm-hmm. that's that does seem to be a thing is channeling, you know, in multiple contexts, I suppose. And that is that certain openness that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's almost uh, having a universal sense of connection in some sense to most or any anybody, most people or anybody in um, or other things beyond people's, you know, like I'm thinking of like OD mm-hmm. as an yeah. astrologer. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking there's too. like a there's like an, a there's like a channeling thing there and Shepherd is a nine and channeling and yeah literally a channeler Mm -hmm. yeah um and i think that's again coming from the sort of the connection the attachment types have to the overall human race Mm. you know so just putting that out there as a uh, a make attachment types great again (laughs) again yeah i mean i have the sense and i don't know if you do because your stacking is kind of snobby, but I have the sense <laughs> that How dare you be so yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have the sense, for example, that if I watched the video highlight reel, let's say, of anybody's life, anybody whatsoever, even somebody, you know, even p- people that I despised or you know, whatever, whatever, or Hitler, or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. the worst person or somebody that I'm just repulsed by or, or whatever. If I saw their, you know, the highlight reel of, of their life, I would have total compassion for everything. And I would see the sad story. Hmm. I mean, everybody's, yeah. to me, everybody's has, every single person is a, really deeply sad story yeah um and for me that's uh that's one of the ways that attachment shows up is that sense that um probably anybody i could ultimately sense into that sadness uh and then that would be a commonality you know that would be somewhat familial if you will Mm -hmm. in itself yeah yeah, it's tapping into a person's humanity. I um I thought you were going to go a different direction, so I'll just bring it up. Like Yeah. I feel like if I was to see a highlights reel, and maybe this is the same, it's probably connected. Um if I was to see a highlights reel of any person, I feel like I could look at like let's say that their life, you know, their whole life was like I don't know, 70 years, what however, I don't know. 
pick a number. And then the highlights reel was like 10 minutes, but it was mm-hmm. really giving you like the right little nuggets. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could have a fairly clear sense of who that person is based on that. Like a fairly clear sense of like how this person works. Like, yes, it is so it is similar to like you can almost tap into like their sadness and their brokenness and the reason that they were either like a piece of shit or like not, you know, something like that. Yeah. I feel like I can look at a person's highlight reel. Like, I don't think it takes me very long to see the character of a person. Mm-hmm. It is pretty easy for me to see. So I don't know. I guess I'll just back that up. Like, it's pretty easy for me to see um, a per like a person's sort of like nudity mm-hmm. without them mm-hmm. realizing that I'm doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of that to me is like specifically nine is mm-hmm. yeah, that, so. and nudity gets at the the idea that you're taking somebody absorbing them at the level of your own body. Mm. Oh yeah. True. And so it does have that, uh, intimacy to it. And, and as a withdrawn type, you're taking in, you know, you're absorbing and, uh, merging into and sort of taking on that other person's, the shapes of that, person's emotional body mm-hmm. yeah Ugh, yeah that is tough I'm, yeah I, so how do sixes do it because i have a sense that threes can very easily pick up on what like like the the carrot that a person is after mm-hmm. i feel like threes can can pretty yeah. quickly mm-hmm. find out like oh this person is after this this person is motivated by this Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to think of it just as like that, like athletic type of type, I guess. So mm-hmm. what is it six? Because like the framing that I hear is that six can pick up a person's like motivations or a person's like, you know, and sometimes as with any other type that can get, it can fall into like projection and suspicion or parent, you know, something like that. Anyway. Yeah. I guess that's the question. Yeah. I think there's something for, I think there's something about motivations. Like, I feel like some of the most intuitive, intuitive, like, I know what this person's up to is a six. And granted, sometimes I can go really overboard and then they're just like making shit up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've seen them be really spot on. Yeah. So what is, in this context, when you say motivations, um, can you say more about that? What's the difference between that and oh, right, right. sort of the three thing? Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, maybe they're related. I think like threes can pick up on what is going to make another person feel good, Mm. you know, and not in like the two-ish, like I want to give it to you kind of way, but twos can just, or but threes can just like see it like, oh, this person wants to be seen as great or wants to be seen as smart or wants to just like be like the dark brooding type or like the little, the little Uh firecracker or something like that. That's what's going to give them the little pats on the head. Um, And I feel like sixes can easily channel into what a person's intentions are. Right. That sounds right. Like, is this person being sincere or not? Mm -hmm. Well, what it is, I think, or or an element of it is that the higher vibration, if you will, of Mm -hmm. the head center is direct, you know, sort of mental streaming. You know, it is psychic power. Mm. Mm, That's true. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, there's the high vibration, let's say, of three, six, and nine. They each have their own thing. I mean, for for me, I've described it with three. It's a quality of, uh, besides the thing you're talking about, um, which is maybe not quite as high a vibration as what I'm referring to, which is, I call it heart streaming or direct heart streaming i've had the experience several times with threes and i know of certain threes um that kind of can turn this on or it just happens inadvertently at times where they are connecting powerfully to the heart center Mm. and they're seeing exactly what's going on for you at an emotional level and it's not colored uh you know like I've said before in one of the pods, you know, two and four in the 
heart center have really specific agendas uh, and, yes. and and it's like those are really saturated colors you know what i mean mm-hmm. or um whereas three it's you know i mean i picture just like literally two people facing each other three feet of, three feet apart and and a beam of light you know uh going between heart to heart and the three seeing what's actually going on for you without any of their own stuff happening yeah 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 that's really good that makes me think that because yeah we've talked about how the attachment types can be channelers of sorts you know even referencing od who was on the podcast doing the astrology episodes um as having just like a natural a natural gift mm-hmm. with just sort of like taking information from the outside, you know, and, and like filtering it from through his internal filter and then mm-hmm. delivering it. Um, did you get a reading with him? Yeah. I did. You done one? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, then yeah, mine was like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. And John has let me listen to his and his is just incredible. Like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So it makes me wonder, I guess this is like a, I don't know what I'm doing here, but, motivational speaking maybe but it makes me think that like there is a power within each of the attachment types that if they just get out of their own way they can really give you know mm-hmm. and be about if we go back to the object relations of all of the attachment types mm-hmm. their way to get their parents attention is to continue transforming themselves is to just like adjust mm-hmm. right so yep. That kind of, I'm thinking of three in particular for some reason, but I think of three and I, I think like, well, this person can see things very clearly. If this three would just stop believing that they were the wrong thing, they would see everything. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. if they would stop like adjusting for the thing, then they'd be seeing everything super clearly and they would know exactly how to navigate, you know, and maybe similar with the six, like my dad is a six. Um, and I trust him, you know, I'm attachment or whatever, but I trust all of his guidance, (laughs) all of it. Even if I don't take it, I know that it is like solid and well thought out and dependable. Uh Yeah. So I don't know. There's something there. Like if, I think if attachment types really own their power can be really, really potent and in a specific level. And this is where my competitive slant's coming out, but in a level of potency that could rival the hexad types because we have the inner and the outer channels. Oh yeah. No, certainly there is. um, Well, I mean, there's just been plenty of people historically or whatever that are, you know, the attachment types that have done great things and even sort of channeled big energies. I mean, that's one Mm -hmm. of the things we talked about in the speaking of the that one series in the gut is king. Oh, right. Episode. Yep. Yeah. I mean, gut is there's king. A, <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a thing that some nines have done, for example, um, you know, I, and I've seen it on a, you know, a close up level plenty of times, but I mean, it's since we're talking a wider audience here, you got to go with people that are known, but that thing of, channeling uh sort of big forces that are almost um it's like you're carrying the 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 era that you're in sometimes Mm, yeah Uh, it's that big in the case of some nines um and it's Hmm. like you're bringing in huge yeah metaphysical archetypal forces that are thrusting the movement of the world in a certain way or are revelatory about human beings i mean it's it's i mention it often in my online bitch slapping on some (laughs) in some of these groups but like carl jung and and then oscar achazo i mean is the progenitor of the enneagram of personality Mm -hmm. um in a way a hexad type probably would not be able to do that i don't think as far as that but because it is that you're sitting at the crown looking down in a balanced way at all the types i'm idealizing here but you know what i mean you're energetically seeing the whole 
and that's specifically what hex ad types are not doing. Right. Um, yeah, and, I mean, even um, Albert Einstein. Einstein, that's theory of relativity. Huge. Yeah, everyone thinking yeah. that he's a five. Right. You know, a five is not permeable to just like discovers. You know, like that's not the right way to put it because discovery no. is like their thing. But like, like discover in the sense that like, oh, it was there the whole time. I just found it. You know what I mean? Like there is this sort of like right. passivity that I didn't create it. I found it. <laughs> and even you've well, spoken to that. Yeah, and it's a quality of. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the right way to say it, but how it differentiates from five, it's sort of the sense with nine, when a nine is onto something, that's one of those big things like that, like mm. relativity or whatever. It's kind of a sense of finding just one or two or three. I mean, I'm, I don't know the specifics of the Einstein story, for example, but yeah. it's like you, you pick this, you catch the, uh, scent or whatever of one or two or three facts, let's say that, that you put together in a certain way. And then it lights up a whole, uh, hologram of an interrelated, larger universal cosmic something, mm. as opposed to in the case of five, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's that word I use often is granular for five. Mm, it's, yeah. it's going into the, you know, it's, it's the spec within the spec within the spec. And you know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm, yeah, because micro. Yeah, right. Exactly. Whereas it's like nine takes a couple of channels, a couple of um, facts or whatever, or, or takes a couple of facts and then channels a big, uh, it springs up into a, cosmic architecture or something mm -hmm. yeah that yeah. sounds right it feels right <laughs> yeah yeah all right well you think this is good enough for we've been talking a while uh yeah i think this is a good place we can always do another one if we need to conjure up some more stuff yeah okay well yeah we'll see if that's i mean we'll see if the that's uh if there's a cohesive conversation that comes out of that yeah. in edited good. form okay all right talk to you Okay. Bye. Turned out I was as real.